Join, converse, inspire. I'm your host, Francesca Amante. And I'm your co-host, Stefan Chwaniak. This is the JCI Canada Podcast. Hi, everyone, and welcome. My name is Francesca Amante. I am your 2022 National Vice President on the JCI Canada Board. And I'm very excited to be your host this year on the JCI Canada Podcast today with a very special guest, Mr. David Brennan, the CEO and founder of Safety Evolution. And I'm so excited to welcome him here with you all today. So David, tell us a bit about yourself, and we're so excited to have you. Well, thank you very much for having me. It's a pleasure to be on your podcast. Uh, what would you like to know, Francesca? <laughs> well, David, I, in the midst of um, you know everything that's brought you here on your journey, and for those of you that don't know this in the audience, David is also my partner, so it's really great to get to hear the behind the scenes of, of what makes um, his team so successful and what makes his incredible company so successful. But um, for all of you in the audience that don't know David, I, I would love for you to um, share a bit about, you know, what you did um, years ago in oil and gas and everything in your you know professional history as an entrepreneur that has brought you to where you are today in building uh, such an, an empire and a team like you have. Well, let's start. Um, I think the best place to start is my childhood. I grew up in the Yukon, um, one of 10 kids come from a long line of entrepreneurs. Both my mom and dad are entrepreneurs. Um, I have five siblings that are that own their own companies. Um, and we all have a pretty strong inclination or leaning towards that, that lifestyle. And so I remember being 12, 14 years old at my parents' RV park and having competitions to sell gold nuggets to tourists uh, <laughs> with my dad. So it, it started very young. Um, and blossomed into a passion. Um, first company was a entertainment company in BC. Uh, second company was a oil and gas uh, utility locating company. So we located pipelines and, and other buried facilities so they could dig safely. And that was based in Alberta. And then from there, that's where I got into my health and safety background, because for that company, we have a thing in Canada called the Certificate of Recognition, which is really a program that highlights that your company has a strong safety program and a dedication to protecting your workers. So that was my introduction. You also needed that for uh, most of the contracts we went after. So started learning about health and safety. And from there, um, we had a pretty decent downturn in Alberta in 2010 uh, in alignment with the housing crisis in the U.S. and um, switched over into consulting in occupational health and safety for oil and gas companies. Amazing. So I started, yeah, that was that was the transition from, from business into safety. Um, and that was a lot of fun because we got to work on projects, uh, all over the world. So I've, I've worked in, in Turkey, I've worked in North Africa and Libya, um, worked in most of Western Canada and been involved in some pretty amazing projects and, and learned a lot of, about how the, the methodologies and the theories behind uh, workplace safety, why it's so important to protect your workers. And then from there, we were sitting on a project, uh, my other co-founder Wade and I, and we'd had quite a few incidents happen where workers were getting hurt and, and there's just breakdowns in systems. And so we were sitting there having a conversation about what we could do to create 
software that would stop that from happening and talked for about two hours and shook hands and came out and started Safe Devolution. Amazing. That's an incredible journey, uh, David, that's brought you to where you are today. And I know that in, you know, JCI Canada, the Junior Chamber International, you know, being a worldwide organization, one of the, you know, goals uh, worldwide is for us to develop leaders for a changing world. And, you know, I'm always inspired by, you know, how you lead your team. You've got obviously quite a large team, I believe, of um, over eight. Um, and you're, ex- you know, planning to expand that in the process of expanding that. And in the midst of that, you know, I always talk about how, you know, it's, there's such a difference between management versus leadership, right? And as you were saying, you come from a long line of entrepreneurs and, you know, that doesn't happen overnight. It takes a lot of discipline. It takes a lot of consistency. And in the midst of that, as you're creating, curating that team and, and building that team, you know, you get to a place where all of a sudden you're not just managing people, you're actually leading them and you're inspiring them and they want to follow you. They're not just following you because you're telling them to. Um, and I see that with your team. Um, and so I, I thought maybe we could talk a bit about t- a bit today about, you know, how you curated your team. We share us a, a bit about, you know, that journey to, you know, selecting the people that you wanted to work, you know, hand in hand with and entrust your, your company with. And then from there, you know, kind of how um, you've built a culture around, um, you know, everything that makes safety evolution what it is, because uh, when I look at your team, it's it's really quite neat. Like everyone almost feels like a family. And I think that, you know, for a lot of us, whether, you know, you're on a national board or, or whatever it is that you're involved in, or you've got a large company or you're an entrepreneur or business owner, um, people are going to stay because of the culture. People are going to stay because of how you treat them and, and, and the tools uh, that you, you give them to, to succeed ultimately and then getting out of their way. But um, for them to shine ultimately. So maybe you want to touch on that, David, and just kind of the journey that brought you to uh, bringing your team to uh, to life. That's a good one. Be- that's a good one because when we started, um, one of the first conversations that Wade and I had, having worked on projects with good managers and bad managers, was that we wanted to create a company where our focus was on our people where mm-hmm. where our teams wanted to come to work because they enjoyed it and they were they were um treated like family but also inspired and given room to grow and become the people that they they wanted to be and and then also that conversation really looked at what that felt like right you know mm-hmm. from our standpoint going into walking into your office when it's when you have those people on your team it has a unique feel to it there's there's just the vibration that that's different than most other places that people come to work so that's always been a very strong pillar in our company the the other big pillar was openness and um we always felt that on a lot of a lot of the companies that we worked for we didn't really know what was happening. We didn't. Mm-hmm. We didn't get to see the inner workings, and there was always like the the hidden door, or you know, there was there was the curtain that nobody got to see behind. And so for us, it, it was really important to create a company where it was transparent all the way through. Mm-hmm. And so we, not none of the team. There's nothing hidden from our team. They know our. They know the revenue. They know the direction. They know uh, when we're we're struggling. There's there's nothing hidden. And what it really 
allows you to do is create this camaraderie and this ownership of the problems and the wins Mm -hmm. um, that your company's facing. And and you never know who on your team is going to jump up and and say, hey, you know what, I know how to fix this and and come up with these ideas. So as as an entrepreneur and a business owner, I think that's a really important uh, thing to keep in mind because sometimes we take on all the responsibility and we don't allow the people that we spent so much time finding and bringing into our team to actually show you what they can do. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a, it's a really interesting one for, for me. I, I spent a lot of time thinking about it and considering all those aspects. And then of course that, that the next part of that is your team, right? How do you, how do you select your team and who do you bring onto your team? And, yeah. and you and I chatted about this the other day, we were talking about, no, you you can't you can teach people how to do anything so so we don't need when we hire people we're not looking for somebody that has all the experience in the world you really want the person with the right attitude right yeah. attitude work ethic um, make sure that they align for what's important for your company for us it's it's communication honesty uh, teamwork you know, taking responsibility for what you're doing. There's a long list, but we hire for that. We don't, we don't hire as much for experience. And that's really given us, I think a unique edge, especially with COVID when a lot of people were, were um, released, we picked up some absolutely amazing people out of, out of places like the hotel industry and the hospitality industry that were just absolute rock stars. And they came into our business and, and fundamentally change the way that we do business and the way that we see our customers. So that's phenomenal, David. And I think one of the things too, I know that you say often is that, um, one of your greatest, I know assets is just the fact that you remind yourself daily just to get out of your team's way and let them shine. And I think that that's such a powerful statement because I think oftentimes it's, um, I think any entrepreneur and any business owner that takes pride in their company and of course they want it to succeed like any business owner would there's a form, there's a little bit of a, a factor of control that we think that we have ultimately I think no matter how much control we think we have we don't have control because anything at any point can always happen and change um, like COVID hitting and literally changing the world within an instant in 2020 so I think in the midst of all of those you know elements I think it's really it's admirable and and really inspiring the fact that you you constantly are are finding ways to just you know get out of your team's way allow them to shine and if they need the tools and the support of course you're there um, but you're not there to dictate how they do things because ultimately they they know what they're doing they're just executing their skill right so um, and I do agree with what you what you were saying David it's so true and I and I agree with that and in um, I know that our National Vice our National President Sue Salamosi definitely thought of that when selecting her team for the national board this year. Um, you can train skill, you cannot. You can teach skill, you can't teach character. And when I look at the team that she's curated of eight to fifteen board members, I mean, my goodness, that we're all learning our roles. We don't necessarily know what we're quote unquote doing, um, but we're all passionate and we all are team players and we're all here to want to do the make the best uh, impact that we can. So I definitely can attest to, to that statement for sure. And David, I just wanted to ask, you know, if you were to talk a bit about some of the leaders in your life that have impacted you, I know that, you know, you get um, 
you, one of your mentors, uh, Dan Martell, just, and there's a couple others that obviously have impacted your life greatly. If you want to touch on um, some of the maybe things that they have um, inspired you with, and, and not just as like a coach, but perhaps like, you know, le- them leading by example, what are some of the um, factors that have really, you know, been a catalyst in, in changing how you lead as opposed to how you did things in the oil and gas industry to how, where you are today? Yeah, well, I think that's a really interesting one because one of the things that anybody that's watched my my style over the last 15 years can attest that, that there's been a fundamental shift once I got out of oil and gas. It's a little bit more of a, I'll say, rough and tumble industry. Mm-hmm. And so um, the the opportunities to get better at leadership and to find great mentors was a little bit less than, than there is in the tech industry. And so I think getting out of that and then starting to, to understand how important it was to start to grow myself and my own leadership capacities, and then finding those people that are great examples of it and that are willing to take the time and pass on, on what they're doing and what's working for them. Um, you know, I'm also like Dan, a great mentor and I watch a lot of what he does and how he works with his team. Um, but then I also have another great mentor, Sean Eldridge, who is our, is my tech chair in a tech group, uh, here in Kelowna. And, and she has a huge amount of impact as well, because I do a lot of one-on-ones with her, but she also curates in that program um, all of the, so we have eight speakers a year that come in for about four hours. And, and most of them are designed to help us grow as leaders and to give us better tools and ways to understand our people and to understand uh, what they need, how to communicate with them, different communication styles, all, all of that. So it, it's really, I think, if there's one thing that I could suggest anybody do is start investing in their coaches. Um, I'll give you an example, like not even in business, anything that you're doing, if you want to get better, get a coach. I started running um, last year, got talked into doing a half marathon and ran for about four, four months, getting ready for my first half, ran that, got a coach and within two months, of having somebody that actually understood how to train for running and was able to coach me and build out all my training sessions and, and, and help me that way. They increased my, my speed by about 35% in, in, in two to three months. And so it's like anything that we do, if you really want to, if you want to get better at it, find somebody that's, that understands how to get better. Like it's, it's not even so much about finding people that know how to do it. It's finding good coaches. Good coaches can teach you so much so quickly that you, you're going to jump ahead of everybody else that you're, that you're around um, with their input. So, so that's the really cool thing about finding these mentors and coaches. It just gives you access to so much knowledge. And when you, you take that in and you start to really put it in, into practice in your life, it has a fundamental uh, impact and changes you. So, so that's definitely where where I see 
the most value from them. Plus they're fun and they got great stories and <laughs> teach you all kinds of stuff from the mistakes they made, which is always good to know. Absolutely. And I think too, there's also a culture now within society and it's starting to grow, which is great to see of like people are starting to become a lot more real, a lot more vulnerable. They're, they're willing to share about their mistakes or failures. It's, it's a little bit more, it's not as taboo as it used to be. And I think that that's one element that I really appreciate about my business coach and my life coach and even my broker. They're not shy to say, hey, look, I, I screwed up on this six years ago or 25 years ago. And this is what I learned. And this is the amazing takeaway. And this is how it, you know, spring leaped me into this, you know, journey that I'm on today. And I think that the more authentic we're able to be with ourselves, the more authentic we're able to be with others and, you know, allow our, our failures and mistakes and our shortcomings to help others in the midst of their journey. And I mean, I get to witness what David does almost every day and then his discipline and consistency, even with running to, you know, train for these ultras, it uh, definitely correlates to how he runs his business. And um, for myself, you know, growing up a competitive figure skater and dancer, I mean, if you don't have discipline and consistency, you absolutely have nothing. And if you don't have the drive to want to get up every day at 4 a.m. to be on the ice at 5.30 a.m., there's not really much left to say. It's just you're not going to get too far, right? So, I mean, David, if you were to describe, like, how much, you know, discipline has and consistency um, has had an impact on your life, I mean, how does that kind of, you know, relate to your day-to-day? And, you know, whether it's your team or, you know, the things that you have to do self-care-wise that, you know, allow you to be the best you can be when you show up for your team? Like, what does that kind of look like for you? Well, that's an interesting one because there's, I will say, habits. There's habits that you build, um, which take discipline. But, I mean, habits. Uh, here's a great book, Read Atomic Habits. That, mm-hmm. that one will really help you understand how to stack habits so that, you know, you do something right after you brush your teeth and that way your mornings start out and you you – have that consistency in them. But when it comes to discipline, I think that's a really interesting one because we all struggle with um, having that reward right now versus being able to put it off, right? And and we're very unique in our ability to um, understand delayed gratification and understand that if we put this effort in now, we're going to get this greater thing in the end. Yeah. Um, so that I think is the biggest one. Uh, you want to, there's a, there's a flip side to this too, because I try, I am very disciplined in my life, but at the same time, I know there was points in my life where I was way too disciplined Yeah. and you just become incredibly dull and it's, you know, it's just like, and so as a human being, you need to find that, that happy medium between how do I, how do I curate my life? How do I live with intent and still have room for spontaneity and have room to, to stay up an extra hour if you have to, or, um, you know, just give yourself those opportunities to, to smile and, and be with the people that matter and learn and, and on all of that while still staying disciplined and making sure you have that capacity to, to do the things that you, um, really need to do to for yourself um on on the other side about like how that affects the people around you last year you should always remember that the things that you do people really see them right they 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 see them they can be inspired by them they can be equally um 
turned off by them. And, and so you really need to be aware of that. Last year I did a, a challenge called 75 hard and mm-hmm. I didn't really think a lot about it. It's a, a mental toughness, fitness uh, event, but 75 days long and, and the effect that it had on the people around me was incredible. Now I have uh, um, one of my, my head sales guy or sales manager now is 38 days into it. And you want to see a fundamental change in the way a person starts to think and handles discipline, get them to stick to that program for 75 days. Okay. And it's just really neat to watch how it affects other people. So, so keep that in mind when you're doing what you're doing, make sure you share your, sh- share the, uh, activities and shine your light because you never know how uh, much of an effect it's going to have on another person and and how it's going to help them get to the next step in their life yeah no I, i couldn't agree more with that david and for those in the audience you know david and i were having a conversation just yesterday evening about how you think about how much time you spend with your team whether it's elected board members whether it's a team of your you know your company whatever it is um you, you spend on average anywhere from what six to eight hours with those team members and you know oftentimes we know what the person's life looks like when they arrive at the office but we often don't know the struggles or anything that people face when they go home um and we don't realize how much of an impact that we do make as team leaders um and just as business leaders in general um on those team members right and i know that there's you know been some leaders in my life that um let me put it this way I'm grateful for the things they showed me that I will, won't want to do in the future uh, in leading a team. And then I've had leaders in my life that they've given me a great example of how I want to lead my own team. And I'm sure for you, David, you've felt the same in, in the midst of your journey. But it's incredible, you know, what a domino effect every action that we, we make and take can have. And, and I think often we, we underestimate how, um, how people are watching us. And I know that um, Oprah talks about she's like when you when you work hard when you do what you're supposed to do people notice you don't have to say anything but people notice and and they take note and you know and they're they're watching right and I there's a quote that I love and I'm just gonna share it um, and uh, actually Oprah talks about this in one of her books called The Path Made Clear and it, she goes um, management is telling someone what to do leadership is inspiring them to do it and inspiration for me comes from three areas, the clarity of one's vision, the courage of one's conviction, and the ability to successfully communicate both of those things. And I think that it's just so true, right, David? Like, I mean, think about it. You did that 75 hard challenge just thinking that it was benefiting your own life here. Like, you would have never thought that it was a domino effect that someone else in your office would take part in it, and you just don't know where that's going to, you know, spring to next. So I think that's incredible. Um, and, you know, David, I, I obviously we we've kind of, just past the half an hour mark that just absolutely flew by um but you know if we were to just you know leave our listeners off and obviously we'll have you back to tap a bit more into your journey again kind of like a david 2.0 episode but um today if you were to leave our listeners off maybe a couple points of you know if, if you know if someone's out there an entrepreneur just starting their company just starting to build a team you know what would be some of the advice that you would give them oh that's a great one so if you were just starting to build your team, I think the biggest the biggest thing that we continue to see or I continue to see as I meet more entrepreneurs as, and as I talk to people and I watch them run their businesses is 
the only limiting factor to your business is you. Mm-hmm. So you Life really shot. have, yeah, you have to change the way that you, I will say lots of people get this and some people struggle with it for a very long time. But the faster that you can realize that you are not the most important person there, get rid of your ego and really change your mindset from I'm running this company to I'm here to help all of these people that I've brought in to this company be successful. And when you take that track and you start to say, hey, how can I help you? What do you need done? What do you need? What's stopping you? What are your blockers? Mm-hmm. Right? Like, and, and really focus in on providing them with the tools and the training and invest in them. Um, you will see your business grow exponentially. But if you're at the top and you're the bottleneck, then you will only grow as to the level that you can personally do. So get out of their way, let them let them prove to you how amazing they are, and and you'll be you'll be blown away with the success that you get in the end. Oh, that's incredible advice, David. And I um I love the the note that you made there about how. Um, the only person stopping us from achieving the goals that we want is ourselves. And I think that's just so powerful. I think that self-doubt is definitely the biggest killer in life. I think that people underestimate how much self-doubt can, can have such a major effect positively and negatively. Um, but the, I saw this meme the other day and I, and I laughed, but it was so true. And it said, Siri corrected my text from I'm on my way to I'm in my way. And the meme said, I, and I think I just had a major life breakthrough. <laughs> I, I started to laugh because I was like, oh my gosh, that's so true. Um, and it's true. I think that we, we get in our own way all the time. And we Every just, day. Oh my gosh. And it's like this fine line, I think, especially as an entrepreneur of like, confidence to like stepping over into the ego and it's like you're just battling that fine line of just like you know having the confidence to do the job well but also just you know keeping that humility to be like okay there's so much that I have yet to learn I'm still always a student you know it's interesting but uh I think that you know what you're doing David is incredible and all of the you know things to come that are um upon your journey perhaps you'll be able to next time you're on the podcast share a bit about what's next for you because I know there's some things in the works so that's exciting many good things ahead for safety evolution so we are very very grateful to get to even skim the surface of um what you're doing David and um you know how you lead and um the things that have brought you to where you are today and as much as we've only really just skimmed the surface today, we do look forward to tapping in a little bit deeper next time and uh, getting some jokes out of you because David is quite funny. <laughs> yeah, that's, well. that's the truth, isn't it? I think we get so serious and when we talk about business. I'll tell you, this is the, the end takeaway. Yeah. Have fun. Yes. You can still be silly and be a good leader. You don't, yeah. you don't have to always be, be on point and... and uh, and charging forward you can have fun and and make sure that your team enjoys hanging out absolutely no that's (laughs) that's so true and i think too i mean people attract you like there's a quote that your vibe attracts your tribe people are attracted to your energy and if you're having fun and you're enjoying what you're doing and you're living your passion 
almost everything will fall into place before you know it. So David, it's such a pleasure. Thank you for taking a little bit of time out of your morning this morning. Again, we're, we're actually recording here in Kelowna, British Columbia, Canada for our international listeners. So um, yeah, thank you for joining our uh, part of the country today. And uh, David, from us to you, thank you so much for joining us. And we look forward to having you on again soon in the future. Thanks, Francesca. That was a lot of fun. Wonderful, David. Have a wonderful afternoon and we'll talk to you soon. This is how we do in JCI Canada. Join, converse, inspire. Thanks for listening. Merci pour l'écoute. Follow us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or pretty much any listening platform you may use. A bientôt. And I was even pointing at my toe when I said it. Toe.